0: Welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Always glad when you can join us. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. There's more information at deltadentaloh.com. Northeast Ohio has a rich history as one of the nation's manufacturing bases. And while things have changed, maybe not so many workers are heading to the mills or the auto body plants. Manufacturing is a vital component of our economy Helping to make sure that continues, especially when it comes to having the next generation of workers trained As the Northeast Ohio nonprofit Magnet. The organization's just opened a new facility to aid in that training. And here to tell us about that and plenty more is Magnet president and CEO, Ethan Karp. Ethan, welcome back. Thanks very much. Ethan, we'll talk about this new facility, which sounds fascinating. But first, just bring us up to speed. We often talk about manufacturing, but too often we talk about it in the past tense. Just how large of a part of our economy does it play right now?
1: Half of our economy is dependent upon it. Wow. One out of every two jobs. Yeah. It's all the stuff that we send out, all these small companies, and most of them are manufacturers. They're small. It's all the stuff that they're sending out, bringing money in, supports, you know, your pizza parlors and your banks and everything in between.
0: Are there some particular industries within manufacturing that are growing quickly here in Northeast Ohio?
1: We have manufacturers that make the pieces and parts that truly run the world. So, literally everything that big plane sale, the 220 new Boeing. Crafts, huge portion of that will be made here. Pieces, parts, dozens, hundreds of companies. Automobiles. Automobile industry goes up or down. Our economy goes up or down. Why? Because we so apply so many of those parts. Food industry, pieces and parts now of computers, chemicals, you name it, we're making it here.
0: Manufacturing had the unfortunate circumstance of being one of those industries that you really couldn't stay home. Most of the workers, some obviously could during the pandemic How did you weather those early days of COVID and how are things going now?
1: Manufacturers really stepped up during COVID. The ones that still could produce and needed to produce were making their pieces and parts and doing it incredibly safely. Safety is deeply embedded in the culture of manufacturing. So the idea that they were able to space themselves out, they were able to put protective barriers up, all of the things that were going on, manufacturers were rapidly advancing to keep their folks safe. And on the other hand, those companies that maybe weren't selling as much during the pandemic were the ones that stepped up with our help, with the governor's help, and made over 50 million pieces of personal protective equipment. So they were literally saving their jobs while saving lives, while keeping their people safe. It was really a shining star moment for manufacturers in a really terrible time. How
0: hard did the industry get with the employee shortage? So many places just suffer from not having enough workers, even if they could have them in the office or in the manufacturing plant.
1: Manufacturing has been dealing with this issue for 20 years. Plus manufacturers were the first to see, boy, people aren't coming to work for for them. Maybe that's the stigma of manufacturing. Maybe they didn't know those jobs existed. Maybe it's that you remember your uncle in the 70s had a job then didn't have a job. And you've got a frozen image of sort of dark, dirty manufacturing in your mind over the years that shortage of workers has robbed us of billions of dollars of productivity here. And over the last two years, as everybody faced that worker shortage, it became most acute in manufacturing. In Cuyahoga County alone, there are 3,000 open manufacturing jobs above and beyond normal everyday churn. That goes to 10 to 15,000 in Northeast Ohio, which is a meaningful percent of the economy. It's a meaningful percent of product that can't get out the door because we don't have people. So if anything, it's gotten worse, even though manufacturers are rapidly working together to fix systems that prevent people from knowing about or getting into these really good, high tech, good paying jobs.
0: Obviously, there's been a lot of art money that's come into the state to help businesses recover. Did much of that go to manufacturing? In pieces
1: and parts, yes. In fact, here in Cuyahoga County, it's it's the county that uh, used its money or money that was related to some of those federal funds to be able to support what we call the sector partnership. And this is a collection of actually Cleveland-based funders, including the county, people like Deaconess Foundation and Cleveland Foundation, the Fund for Economic Future, came together and said, you know what, we need industry leaders to take charge in manufacturing and IT and healthcare. We need them to take charge of this so that we can work with the education systems and we can work with the social service providers and those people trying to help people not just get jobs, but live good lives. And we need to work with communities and we need to pull all those things together to start getting literally thousands more people into these good paying jobs so yes it did and in fact that's what's funding a lot of our outreach to the school system and to communities over the next few years to get people into these great jobs and change their lives for the better
0: ethan as we look into 2023 the year is underway in addition to this employee shortage what are some other big challenges that manufacturers do you think are going to face over the next seven or eight months
1: everybody's wondering about recession everybody's worried about it. And a light recession, I've written about this before, might even help. I know that that sounds terrible, but might even help some of our manufacturers get back on their feet because we've seen highs of production not seen in the last 50 years. I mean, we make more stuff today in Northeast Ohio than we literally ever have, albeit with fewer people because we've got so much more technology. But that production high has meant that people have just been going all out. I feel like that's maybe in all businesses, but certainly in manufacturing, they haven't had enough people. Their orders are at all time highs and they're having to work crazy. So that leaves less time for doing the important things like upgrading your technology or innovating your next product or figuring out how you're gonna fix the talent system so we don't keep on looking for talent in the same places. Uh, All of that requires leadership and leadership capacity inside your company, a little recession might give some time for that. So that's that's one piece. If it's too deep, well, then we'll be in sort of pinching our pennies and making sure that we don't have all this cash from the last few years and forget to reinvest it back in the business to keep those great people that we've been trying to find. Another thing to think about, of course, is the supply chain pieces that have exacerbated people's pain over the last few years. They've been having to resource everything four or five times before they can get a product out the door, dealing with delays, et cetera. Now that is slowly decreasing, but it's still gonna be present for the next eight months for certain. And then I think the big wild card is geopolitical uncertainty. You know, we laugh, some of us laugh maybe about the balloons and say, really, what a big deal is that? Well, it's causing an international crisis with our biggest trade partner, the realignment that would have to happen in terms of production here in the states to supplant uh, in, say, a conflict with China would be immense. Uh, we, We can already see the strain on the supply chain of Ukraine. Well, you think of China, it would be immense. So certainly no prediction of whether something like that happens. But as the specter of it gets more real, there certainly will be people planning for what does local supply chain look like. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, Vibrant communities for all.
0: Ethan Karp joins us today for The Landscape. He's the president and CEO of the nonprofit organization Magnet, which works with manufacturing concerns throughout the state to help them achieve their fullest potential. Ethan, Magnet, as we mentioned, opened this new manufacturing innovation technology and job center, and you've opened it in Cleveland's Huff neighborhood. That's to train the next generation of workers. Who's going to be taking advantage of this facility? Is it geared toward high school students, college students, a little bit of everything?
1: It's a little bit of everything. We one half of what we do is we go into primarily small companies and we help them get the next new robot figure out how to be more efficient figure out what their sales strategy is so we're in there hands-on and we have a facility that actually makes new products and designs them with engineers so we said when we had to move well how could we make a better use of this because we know that people particularly in our cities have no idea what these jobs are no idea what how things are made. You know, there's a big disconnect between all the manufacturers that exist in our backyard, but you literally can't see inside their windows and these thousands of open jobs. So he said, well, why don't we just have kids and adults and anybody come through and do a live plant tour so they can see the technology? But if we're doing that, we might as well put some curriculum around it and actually have an experience so people don't just come in and say, oh, that's pretty. They actually get to work with the robots. They get to make, in our case, a little cookie cutter, the shape of Ohio. They get to use simulations that help them understand, here's what a manufacturer does. They even get to work and figure out a problem together using modern machinery as they would inside a real company. And they get to experience, oh, here's marketing, here's you know, finance, but here's a production role, here's a quality role. They get to see the whole gambit. And we said, well, we might as well partner with this. So we have a partnership with CMSD, with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, and with another consortium of groups trying to get this sort of career awareness to all students in Cuyahoga County. That's the Greater Cleveland Career Consortium. So these groups are helping us actually take busloads of kids every single day into this factory and simulated environment. They get to see even a robot that serves them drinks and (laughs) get to understand how does that Translate to a job you could have in manufacturing. Now, there aren't that many drink serving robots, but you you get the point of saying, yeah, this is the type of technology that's used. So this is what we created. We made it a satellite of the Great Lakes Science Center and we put it in Huff because that's where the people are.
0: It's interesting to think about. I mean, I never really considered it that much. If you're in high school, you think, well, I want to be an economist. You take econ or I want to be a chemist. You take chemistry or but. What do you take to take manufacturing? I mean I don't remember anything being particularly offered in high school to say, I'd like to get into some aspect of manufacturing. Is this sort of a solution to that problem?
1: It's absolutely a solution to that problem. So the whole idea is that if we can expose, say – uh, all sixth graders with a really brief introduction. Uh, then we could get to them in ninth grade and we can get them this whole tour experience where they actually make a car and and on all, they work as a team. And we follow that up with other plant tours in the region and follow that up with in their senior year, maybe they do a more in-depth experience at our building or inside their classroom. And maybe they start interning at companies. Uh, all of that. You know funnel from everybody seeing it getting aware to it to those especially second semester seniors that aren't really sure what they want to do they can go and get a job, job directly out of it that's our goal but we add curriculum in the second semester senior year that we're currently implementing that says if you want a short certificate in addition to your classes we'll get you a short certificate we'll get you some experience seeing a company and that company before you even graduate will be able to hire you. So you have a job leaving high school. And we don't like to think of this as college or, although there are a lot of people that don't go to college that second semester, senior year, we like to say this is a way toward debt-free college where you can get, you know, go to Tri-C, get a great education while the company's paying for it in a relevant field that you're actually experiencing on a manufacturing floor and earning money for your family, which is such an important thing. This is the pathway that we've got to create. And we've got all these community partners wanting to do it with us, which is wonderful.
0: When you're a second semester senior and you're engaged in this program, are you doing this in addition to whatever classroom work you're doing at whatever high school you attend? Or is this integrated into that particular curriculum?
1: Uh, It's going to be additive, but each school is working on figuring out how to make that work within their schedule. Often schedules are a lot lighter in that second semester senior year. That being said, that's not the only program. We run an apprenticeship program in many schools that actually takes them in 10th and 11th grade and starts introducing them to that. There are the career tech schools that you can go to and elect and say, well, you know what, I like this so much, I wanna go to a career technical education and, and get that done. Uh, there are other opportunities along the way so that it's not just your second semester senior year, Our goal with this building and in this neighborhood is to engage the community, engage parents, adults, kids, and get them excited about entering any one of the many different training or direct hire pathways that our manufacturers offer. It's about. Changing that stigma and getting people excited about what's here. In fact, the windows, when you drive down Chester, this is at 61st in Chester, it's we took over an, an abandoned elementary school with the support from Cleveland Metropolitan School District. And they helped us get this building. We did a giant rehab of the building, and now there's massive windows. So when you're driving down the street at all hours, you can see inside a manufacturing facility. We're trying to build something that has hope in it, opportunity that people can say, wow, this is something I can really do and it's modern and awesome and it can really help my family, that that was the vision we had for this. And then we kind of put all these pieces together with support from local foundations, our big manufacturers or small manufacturers in a year's time, they put in all the money to make this happen. So it's been a really inspiring sort of time, almost almost you you brought up COVID, right? It's almost the wreckage of COVID is is people saw these opportunities to really make people's lives different and they needed to take advantage of them. So um, it's a, it's a very exciting time right now.
0: You placed it in that particular neighborhood with, with intention. You want to get it to the people. And one of the things when you look at manufacturing, it still remains a very dominated white male industry. How do we attract more people of color to get into the industry? Is it in part by putting it into this neighborhood or other ways to go about doing that?
1: That is absolutely part of the plan. The, our, our, our blueprint for the future of manufacturing, and I've mentioned them, that companies need to digitally transform, that they need to figure out how to build uh, new innovations. How they need to figure out how to lead collectively and take risks individually. But this talent thing, fixing the system of broken talent, and a lot of that is has to do with racist barriers that that come up. And that's you know we have an 84% white industry here locally, and that's not matching our community, which is only 70% white. Which means there's a lot of talent left on the table. That's what this is about. So what are the barriers that individuals in the city are going to have to get in manufacturing? How do we wrap around those supports for them using local organizations like Ohio means jobs and towards employment and youth opportunities unlimited? How do we take organizations like that and support students and get the manufacturers to come to the table, provide them the experience, wrap it around with building tours and experiential learning and some training? How do we get all of those systems put together? That's why we located in the city, because that's where it's happening. A few blocks, we have the Cleveland Foundation's new headquarters. So we're in Huff, but also right next to Midtown. So you've got this beautiful hub of business uh, and innovation going on, but it's meant to be inclusive. So it involves the community. And I think one of the most fun parts is if you're coming in from the public, which you're welcome to do to see all this stuff, get a little tour, there's a massive playground. I think last night in that freaky weather that we had here, it was uh, it, there were like 70 people on the playground. I kid you not. Um, it's STEM themed. It's the Heroes of Manufacturing Park. It has pictures of uh, the the you know some giants, black giants of engineering and manufacturing that are overlooking the park on a mural. And then there's you can lift 27 bowling balls and solar charge your phone and do some trivia. <laughs> But then there's a regular playground. So this is the way we're actually integrating with the community. It's not really our mission to do that, but it just felt right. You can't just have manufacturing separate from our communities. This is about integrating it.
0: I probably should mention, Ethan, that we are having our conversation on the 15th of, or the 16th of February. The 15th was a 65-degree day. I'm not sure what will actually happen the day we're broadcasting this, just to, <laughs> just to be clear. But well, I really appreciate coming to talk to this. I mean, it's wonderful. I, I think, to, just as you mentioned, I don't think a lot of people think about manufacturing. They think about the manufacturing their grandfather worked in. And that's still going on, and that's still a noble profession, but there's just so many other opportunities. So it's nice to hear you're trying to draw people into that. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Ethan Karp is the president and CEO of Magnet, the Northeast Ohio nonprofit that helps manufacturers fulfill their needs. He joined us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We are brought to you with support of Delta Dental of Ohio. There's more info at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.